speaker has been recorded at an online meeting of Addictive Eaters Anonymous. You can email us at contact at aeainfo.org. Good evening, my name is Pamela and I am an Addictive Eater. For someone who loves to talk, <laughs> and for someone who loves to talk about herself, I find it incredibly difficult these days to remember the, the oh, that stuffed up fat feeling that I had for most of my adult life. I came into the fellowship in, when I was 29. I'm now 57. Um, I, I came into sobriety 12 years ago almost 13. So yeah, miraculous that um, I have to really dig deep to remember that stuff. Um, I remember my feelings more than I remember the food. I remember being ill at ease at odds with the world. I remember that I was always feeling either inferior a lot or sometimes superior. I came from a family that food was in abundance. You were never monitored as such. I never had to ask for food, uh, whether it was cakes or potatoes. My father came from the Caribbean, we lived in the Midlands and we had an enormous back garden and it was full of cabbages, tomatoes, carrots and mint tea. My dad was fabulous in the garden, came from a, um, you know, we, we came from slaves, we came from landowners and they were good at farming. So food, my mother was a fabulous cook, whether it was savouries or gattos and apple pies, she was good at it, but just loads of it all the time. The household, my mother was a rageaholic and my dad was a quiet, I don't feel he was an alcoholic, rageaholic, eat, he wasn't an eater. He was a, he just loved being in the garden and uh, making fresh vegetables. And my dad, my mom loved being in the kitchen, but my mother was a control freak and children were to be seen and not heard. And I raged inside. I hated my mom. So I thought. She was a bully. My dad, I was a daddy's girl and food was in abundance. It was easy to abuse. There was loads of it. And in my family, you were just bonnie. You know, she just loves her food and we're just all big boned. That's how it was described. So permission to eat was an unspoken rule. Uh, and so, you know, someone said the other week, standing by the toaster, jamming in the bread, <laughs> quickly stuffing it down my throat 
And I don't know about anybody my age, but I used to enjoy brown sauce on toast. I love the tangy, bitter taste. And it really hit the spot. And there were many times that my father would come home from work. I was a latch, latch door key, latch key kid. I was the first one in. And my job was to lay the table and put the tea in the pot before my mom and dad came home from work. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it without first stuffing my face for the toast. And I, one of my most telling moments is my dad coming home from work saying to me put make me some toast he, he caught me at the toaster and he said Pam make me some toast and I said I was so desperate to eat I just turned to him and said there's no bread left and he just quietly opened up the bread bin there was a whole loaf of bread in there I there was no space in me. I couldn't stop the eating enough to just make my dad, who had been working in a foundry all day, to just make him a slice of toast. There was no space. There was no gap. I had to take the edge off my school life. I mean, what was going on at school? What was it in me that felt so uneasy with the world that I had to stuff it down, you know? And when I think about that young girl, I have compassion. And the illness of my addiction to food just got worse. As I got older and taller, so my body just got broader and fatter. And the need to eat got more intense. And such was my life. And there were times in the eating career where I was able to control it, to lose weight, to join my job to take a physical exercise. There were things like that. And I was able to lose weight for five minutes <laughs> so that my employer's um, doctor could see um, that I had, um, I was the right weight to join my job. And it really was for five minutes. And then after that, I went to training school and the training school was the same, deep fried chips and burgers and, a tuck shop full of savoury and toffees and it's how I got through life um, and sometimes when I think about this adult woman joining an adult world with childish ways of coping she needed jelly babies I needed jelly babies and toffee and peppermint cream and packets of crisps to cope with life and it was right it's been like that for for decades so when I arrived at the fellowship and I was told that this is an illness, I was relieved because I tried everything. I tried shame and guilt and I tried diets, liquid diets, egg diets, Cambridge diets, grapefruit diets. I you know, friends told me, you're pretty, you should lose weight. And uh, I couldn't do it. So when I came into the fellowship and it was described as a hopeless, helpless case of alcoholism, addiction, that it was an illness, that once I took the first one, that my 
restless and irritability was caused by life, my unmanageable life, that it was all in my head, that I was powerless. Once I took the first one, whether it was red wine, Baileys, ice cream or painkillers, there was no stopping me because my body just grips onto it and wants more. And that is, that is the cause of this illness for me. And when that was explained to me, I was so relieved because this fellowship was telling me there's a way out. You don't have to, you don't have to go on a diet anymore. And when I met my sponsor and she said, you don't, I'll help you with your food. Just give it up. I'll help you. Food is no longer your problem, Pamela, and neither is your weight. You know, and I, I was obese, very, very overweight. And the fellowship um, just taught me everything I am today. And uh, the food is no longer a problem. I have a food plan that is absolutely magical. And it's everything that we've been taught probably by doctors and by dietitians and by slimming clubs. There's nothing different about the food plan, my particular food plan. It just contains some wonderful nutritional food. But there's just something about this program that has given me a sense of freedom when I prepared my food every day and let it go, mind my own business, around the food and around my weight. And my sponsor and God and the program has never ever let me down. So here I am today, a regular weight. I've weighed myself, it's the beginning of the month. And 12 years later, I still have the same sponsor and I still uh, do exactly what she suggests, which is to weigh at the start of a month, write it down, don't think about it, tell her what my numbers are, discuss my food plan. If I think I have a problem, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age, I'm menopausal, I have hot flashes, I, and Every now and again, you know, my body changes and I just tell someone about it and they help me with it. And all I have to do is eat on time, eat only what has been suggested and then forget self. Give up the worries, give up that inferiority complex, that superiority complex give up the irritability, the anger and the frustration and trust in a power greater than myself. The program, step four in particular and step five, when I wrote down all of those fears and all of those resentments and all of those harms that I believed made me a bad person, I was told the same thing. Forget about it, Pamela, I've done that too. God is generous and powerful. God is the only power there is. Create a concept of God that you would like in your own life. Abandon yourself to it, trust it, have a relationship with it. And 
I use that power every day. I come to it in prayer and meditation and stillness. And I treat it like, depends what mood I'm in, treat it like a lover, like a best friend, treat it like a father. I treat it like the oneness of everything, the universal spirit. Depends what mood I'm in. This morning I was in love with it. And after my meditation, I told it, I loved it. <laughs> I went for a walk with it. I talked to it. And then I had some lovely conversations with some people in the park. And do you know what? I suddenly went into a rant this morning in the park because I met a gentleman with a beautiful dog and it was a gorgeous day in the park. And uh, he told me that <laughs> his 32-year-old daughter was still living at home and he, felt he was fed up of sorting out her problems. <laughs> so forgetting that I'm an alcoholic, forgetting that I no longer run the world, I started to say things like, oh my goodness, um, I wonder what's wrong with parenting these days. And then I caught myself. It's none of my business. Sobriety is all about me carrying a message, me being that message. You know, am I lovely to be around? Am I a nice neighbour? Was I a nice companion in the park today? I apologised to that man and he told me what a lovely morning we'd had together. I could go on. Anyway, thank you for asking me to share. Uh, I'll let someone else have a chance. Thanks, Trina.